No, no. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the 30th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and this week we'll be competing on behalf of three lucky listeners who got selected for the Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion Worldwide giveaway. Stick around for the game show of the week to find out if you were selected, and find out if your champion will come through for you. Speaking of your champions, say hi, guys. Hi, guys. I'm going to be the host of the event today. I'm Dima. <laughs> Namaste to our Indian listeners. How's it? I'm Barn. How's it? How's it? Yes, I. <laughs> yeah, how's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, hey. Hey, yeah. <laughs> guys for the last time i keep saying this every episode you have to introduce yourself <laughs> yeah i forgot i got carried away with being the event show host yeah. i say hello my name is elias and then you guys just say hi who hi how's it i did say my name though i feel i'm sorry did say his name oh. i kind of said my name and then ipo started talking and then Ipo did it. Guys, the name. 30 episodes. <laughs> 30 episodes. Plus uh, bonus yeah, episodes. After, thir- <laughs> after, after 30 episodes, I feel I'm famous enough <laughs> that everybody recognizes my voice. We're going to get to a point where people are going to stop going all the way back to episode one to listen. So you're going to have to introduce yourself so they can associate that beautifully garlicky voice with Hippocrates. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay, should we do this again? <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> this was the introduction. <laughs> it's too late. This stays in the episode now, Ipo. As I mentioned, guys, um, if you follow us on social media, if you listen to our last episode, you know that we've been running a worldwide giveaway for Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. And we had a bunch of entries. Thank you so much for entering. Those that entered on Instagram, those that entered on Twitter, and those that actually read the entire small text and realized there was a secret entry on our BGG guild. Well done. All of you that entered, uh, we ran it, and we picked up three names. It's three people from three different parts of the world, as it should be in a worldwide contest. And me, myself, Hippocrates, and Byron are going to be representing each of our cha- uh, as your champions in today's Game Show of the Week. So stick through the banter. We get into the Game Show of the Week and find out if you were selected, and more importantly, if you are the winner of Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Woohoo! Ah. <laughs> okay, I just found that I should have said Namaste. Mera nam hai Ipo. Oh boy. What, the, what <laughs> language in, are you trying to speak? In Hindi, sh- in Hindi sh- should mean uh, my name Only is Ipo. Ipo could make Hindi sound like Japanese. Seriously, right. I, have, I have so many Indian <laughs> friends, I, I've never heard like that. He was like, Mera nam, hi. <laughs> Namaste, Meranama. Hi. 
I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's not Japanese, Epoch, but good effort. Guys, it's Southwestern uh, Japan. Southwestern Japan. It's very Eastern Hindi. It's an Indian guy born and raised in Southwestern Japan. <laughs> Oh boy! Um, so uh, it's almost that time of year where we'd all be preparing to go to Essen, as we have for the last couple of years. I say preparing because it only works sometimes. <laughs> Other times, I say no, I'll be moving to Canada, so I can't come, and so everyone else drops out, and Ipo's left alone, being like, "Guys, Essen," and his wife is like, "If Dima's not going, I'm not going," and then we don't Aww. go to Essen. <laughs> But when it comes to Essen times, it makes me miss you guys the most. Uh, we all had an amazing experience at Essen a couple of years ago. Well, everyone but Dima, but who cares? So just <laughs> to clarify, it's, it's not like I didn't she was in go, Miami or something. Not because I went and didn't have a good time. Yeah, it's almost as if she takes trips to Miami with her girlfriends every now and then, and she takes like seventeen trips to my like three every year. So <laughs> she can't talk shit. <laughs> But yeah, it makes me miss you guys, and uh, I wish we were going to Essen, but obviously, because of COVID, stay safe, don't be stupid, and um, <laughs> and uh, but but the good the good thing is the good folks over at Essen are trying to come through for us a little bit, isn't that right, Byron? Yeah, so the good folks over at Essen are still organizing the Mesa Spiel, or, or as they're called, the good folks. <laughs> the, yeah, it's the good folks. Yeah, the 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 right? It's versin das Vok, right? So das mm. Vok. How do you say good in German, Dima? Gut. Das Vok gut. <laughs> oh, das gut Vok. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I mean Sorry. sentence structure still follows. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they're, they're organizing <laughs> the spiel online, and what that basically means is you can you can chat to people online about lots of things. There might be some webinars. Not not a whole lot is out on the program from what I could see, but they do have a shopping list, and that's what I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, the, the worst oh. part about going to Essen to buy board games is you can't. <laughs> 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 No, it's sold out. That's uh, that's what we heard. You, you'll get to you'll get to a booth. Oh, oh, we're sold out. You get to another booth. Oh, you've only got German. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what it's going to be. The weirdest ones that all the, the top like games. only had it in French, and you're like, why? <laughs> we're in Germany. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that you'll be able to browse online, buy online, that makes me a happy camper. So deep, Byron basically wants Essence just to be a board game store. He, he's <laughs> no. like, convention? Psh, I'm just going to go to Cool Stuff Inc. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pre-order. Uh, Are there sure. any like playthroughs and stuff like that? Sort of. Uh, it's still going to be the same three days online. Um, publishers will still be able to present their products. Um, they'll still be able to sell things. There'll be panels, live streams. Oh, nice. And they say there'll be... Other attractions are planned, but I don't know what they are. And when it's in Germany, you always got to wonder that. I think it's more of like, you know, when we were in, we were at Essen, there were the ones that let you play through the game. And there were the ones that just sort of talked you through the game. So I think maybe there'll be like online video streams of this is what the game is like. This is what a turn looks like. So. Well, saying that, 
one of the the sponsors for the Essen online is Board Game Arena. Oh, so I think there might be something that could happen there. Maybe That's maybe we get very some cool. of games online. That's very cool. If they could do otherwise, that. yeah, yeah, Board Game Arena would be a great place to organize Essen participant tournament kind of things. What is the opening date for uh, Essen? Twenty second of October. Okay, guys. So next year, let's go to Essen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you guys all have hazmat suits, let's go. <laughs> yeah, well, my country's letting me fly. Yeah, at the rate this, at the rate this is going, I don't know if we're all going to Essen next year. But yeah. But if it is, I'm in. So I'm I'm excited for for what can be what the experience could be online. I I do feel like we're gonna lose a lot of that Essen essence. If that makes sense. You mean standing like, in line outside for hours before getting wait, in? It, yeah, but it's it's, uh, a, it's a waiting outside in line for hours with friends. It's talking very, shit, it's very having cute a good time. You just called it a line. You mean? Yeah, it's, it's more of a, <laughs> a gathering. Board of, it's the running of the geeks. It's just it's like a, it's like a, a river of crowd. <laughs> But I think I'm gonna miss the beer and the hot dogs. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, and and Martin. I Martin Wallace. I mean, and meeting Martin Wallace. Yeah, and then I, taking I, a I, selfie yeah. with this game next. Ipo, I think you meant you yeah. mean sausage, not hot dogs, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't think you'll be invited back next ooh. year. Yeah, we call breadfasts oh. hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is why. You won't get the visa to Germany. <laughs> That's true. If he wasn't a Greek citizen, all, all, all I know, all I know, is our first night we arrived super late, and um, <laughs> we walk it. We, we find the only place that's open is a gyros place, right? It was so, good gyros. Though. It was good, but for Germany especially, yeah, Ipo's well. like, guys, watch me. This is how you order a gyro, and he walks right up to the thing, <laughs> and he leans against the pillar, and he's like. One without fries. <laughs> and the lady's like, what? <laughs> oh, man. We, we were the only losers in, in Germany ordering It's not our fault. We arrived super <laughs> late. Everything closed. <laughs> yeah, like, just saying. Only yeah, the Greeks were open. <laughs> that being said, we should have just had McDonald's at the airport. Oh, boy. They have the oh, McGrip no. burger still. No. That would be I was I was happier with the Euros actually. <laughs> well, okay, I guess. <laughs> it was one of the best Euros in Duisburg. <laughs> Is that where we were, Duisburg? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah I think we were. Our in place was in. <laughs> We were not. We we're not even in. What's Essen. incredible is there's two Greek restaurants in Duisburg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ipo's kid just walked into the room. <laughs> He's doing like a BBC dad thing. <laughs> oh, I wish we recorded that. Oh my god. So coming yeah, back. Sorry about this. Uh, I'm gonna apologize to BBC one. Hashtag. Oh yeah. Oh my god. It's exactly like that. <laughs> he was like shooting his I wish his Lena daughter. walked in and like grabbed her and like threw her and banged yeah. the door. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, anyway, back on top. <laughs> We're the exciting thing about conventions. Podcast with a monthly content calendar. Let's proceed. 
<laughs> exactly. So for this month, we had uh, Byron visiting uh, virtually Essen <laughs> and taking on games. Yeah. What did you What did you see there? Well, Byron? when I was, <laughs> you know, I was walking around the various booths online, and I, I stopped by one, one or two that looked quite interesting to me. The first booth had a game on display called Moonrakers. Wow. It's, design, <laughs> it's designed by Austin Harrison and Max Anderson. And it is essentially a self-published game. Which is always interesting when you see that sort of stuff. May I say that I like the name of the publisher? Like four games, games, but the four the four games is written in uh Is that four Roman, games or uh, is it Ivy games? I would say four games. It's cool. If you say four, like IV in Roman. Uh, I just want to point out that you IV. said it's a cool thing that self-published. All that means is that it was a Kickstarter. Like, yeah, but it's not like a Kickstarter by Stone. <laughs> Stone yeah, that's, that's true. Something like that. Especially for a game with such lovely looking like graphic design. It's, uh, yeah. they, they've done a good job here. Yeah, yeah I, re I really like the design. I love the color. So what else did you see at the booth, man? Um, so when people were displaying this game, it looked interesting. There was a lot of like alliances and things. I do terribly at those sort of games, so I might give this one a miss. I um, actually really like this one. Could you give us some more information about the game, please? Sure. Moonrakers is a one to five play game, although I, I wouldn't ever really try play this kind of game as one one play because it really says <laughs> a lot of the game is about negotiation and alliances Unless, yeah teaming uh, up and going on missions but you're never alone with schizophrenia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <well>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the description from board game geek says is the players form a loose band of mercenaries but while they're united on missions they're all secretly trying to screw each other over which pretty much sounds like every single board game night I've ever played <laughs> <laughs> it really sounds great I'm, I'm really into this game so you kind of have to negotiate with allies and try to get people to go on missions with you so that you can get more prestige points because you can go on bigger missions but then you have to convince the person to join you by offering them you know something probably a share of the reward yeah something. like a, a, a good share of the reward something that's going to incentivize them and uh, and uh, apparently you can backstab each other and what's interesting is that it has all those features but it's a deck building game yeah yeah so i i don't mm -hmm. i don't think i've seen a deck building game like that i think the closest thing i can think to that is something like study in emerald which has a deck which is a deck building game technically but it's not so much creating alliances as finding out who's on your side because it's a secret role game but this adds like the element of negotiation. There's basically no negotiation in a study in Emerald. So uh, it's cool. It's unique. I, yeah, I, like I really like I thought it was very interesting. The other thing I like about it is the size of the box. It's it's not a big game. Mm. Yeah. That's really so, important. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a lot of game in a small package. I like the components. I like that this ship, uh, building with negotiation. So it might be a galaxy tracker with negotiations maybe. I don't think anything yeah. no. would be a galaxy trucker no, without no. Vlada. <laughs> I think the central recipe or ingredient for uh, galaxy trucker is Vlada Hvatel, So yeah. <laughs> the, Don't insult the Elias look Epo. amazing. <laughs> well, basically, after I, I was stopped at this booth, I saw a strange-looking cat. 
It was multicolored. <laughs> and I sort of I sort of followed the cat and it led me down to a nice soft blanket where I sat down. And then I looked up and I saw this new board game called Calico, which is about cats and quilts. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was a cat purring. <laughs> That's another Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. this one this one gave me like flashbacks of cartographer. <laughs> I just uh yeah. Brian, go ahead. Tell us a bit about Look, it. The game might be terrible. It might be good. Um, I've heard good I'm things. Meaning... <laughs> I've heard good things. <laughs> it, it's it's essentially a, a puzzle tile lane game. Um, where you're trying to follow the patterns of your blankets to to create sort of like um, uh, Takinoko patterns, like gardener plots. I sure, guess, sure, yeah. To try and get those patterns right. And if you get them right, it makes it more cozy, so then the cats come to your blankets. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of the whole point of the game. <laughs> I will say one thing. It's from the team that brought us Point Salad. And I really like Point Salad. Do you, do you remember Point Salad? Yeah, yeah, I do. It was fun, wasn't it? I felt like that was fun. This this one, just uh, grabbing tiles and placing them into patterns. The cutest thing I found was that if you if you get the right pattern combination, the cat comes and cur- cur- curls up on your quilt, which Dima, I thought was Dima, really cute. You're allergic to cats. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Control I, I yourself. Just, I felt like it was it would be another cartographer with me like wanting to kill myself. Waiting for everyone to place their their pieces on their board and put patterns. Oh, I'm not no, getting no. cartographers. I'm I'm getting patchwork vibes. But yes, Patrick, I meant the feeling I got, the boredom, the extreme boredom. Yeah. Like I just yeah. You should know that in our in our Gloomhaven giveaway contest, I asked people what they would like to see us review, and Calico got a couple of uh, of votes. So. That's definitely a game on a lot of people's minds. <laughs> so after Dima just shat all over it, I guess for, I'll for no reason because and, and because the it. colors reminded her of cartography. No, not the colors, the <laughs> gameplay. Like when I was reading through the gameplay, I just felt it was there was not there was. I think you're being very it. judgmental, like a cat. And uh, I, I think that's you're being very catty. I think it's beautiful. Beth Sobel does such good art, like herbaceous wingspan like her art is genuinely top-notch stuff i don't know the designer kevin russ but it's cool i guess if i gave a shit about cats i would totally get this game. It, it is very beautiful and when i when i read the reviews on bgg a lot of people were saying this is a great family game like even when you're at like family gatherings it's just such a good game to bring to the table that everyone can it's also participate in it's also so bullshit it's, it's a because light game. if they wanted to attract cats, they would be building cardboard boxes. Because exactly. <laughs> if I was, if they I would do their research, if I was going to do, I mean, I know my dogs like to come, but my dogs are really old. But basically, they just like to sit on anything fluffy and soft. So, like, I'll find Bella sitting like inside the shelf on top of a, a blanket <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, if, I, in my experience, you either have dogs instead of cats. Or replace the quilts with cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that I think about. <laughs> I don't think you can get different pattern cardboard boxes. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you, I, I Have you ever been triple, to a gift wrapping shop, bleating. sir? <laughs> 
How would you like your cardboard box? Single pleat or double pleat? <laughs> you could totally do that. I've gone to... Zigzag there, there, st- there was a store in Qatar, in Laguna Mall, that was a store for wrapping gifts. And they just had all sorts of different boxes you could put your gifts in and bags and stuff. So, checkmate, sir. Yeah, uh, you done, you done <laughs> me a heckin'. <laughs> all right, anything else about Calico? <laughs> well, until we've played it, I don't think... Yeah. Listen. I don't want to I don't want to judge it until I played it unlocked email. Now you guys made me feel like a bad person. But you are. But, but Rado likes it. Oh, look what Rado said. He said this game gets so crunchy. That's not a problem. You just take these objective tiles, you flip them over face down, and then the game really becomes a pure gateway. Okay, that's really bad. <laughs> Rado starts with something that attracts me. This game is crunchy. That's awesome. Then he's like, so you can avoid that. <laughs> And make it vanilla. God damn it, Rado. <laughs> I was trying to make a point here. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it looks cool. It looks cool. And it's gorgeous. So, And I think if you like quilting or cats or tiling games, it seems to be a winner. Right, Byron? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might get one for my sister who likes cats. So, All right, cool. cool. But Ipo, as a cat owner, how do you feel about this game? <laughs> Uh, I don't, I really don't like these kind of themes, but uh, as you said before, the the art is amazing. Can I ask why you don't I, like these themes? Because you're not like a oh I love fantasy sci-fi kind of guy. You're like oh uh, building a, a, a peat factory in, in, in 1823. Like no, I would I like social uh, themes like uh, I don't know something with social interaction. I mean this. Uh, I, I understand that this theme is attractive to young people, and what? when I say young people, I mean children. Whoa! <laughs> okay. and, <Shot> fire! Wow! <laughs> but but I was gonna say that the main thing is that it's as you said, it's beautiful, and it's and then I realized that it's from Beth Sobel, who, as you said, she made Wingspan and Arboretum and Viticulture. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah, she is. She's doing all this. Th- and so uh, I think I'll, I will give it a try. All right, cool. Anything else you want to talk about, Byron? If you have the opportunity to watch Essen online, I suggest just do it. Just have fun. You know, you can sort of join your friends on Skype or Zoom or, or something and, all, and pretend you're actually at Essen together watching the interviews. <laughs> well, the, the, the only way to do <laughs> that is if you call them from the inside of like a subway cart <laughs> or something. <laughs> Yeah, just get a lot of people talking outside very loudly, <laughs> pushing into you, so you're frustrated as oh, well. Oh, and don't sit down for like nine hours. Just, yeah, just no, keep no, no walking sitting. around. Yeah. It's, it's up. called the Essen Standing Challenge. This is how Essen gets oh, you to buy games, yeah. because you will literally just sit at any game you can find, because your legs are so sore. <laughs> and you're like, fuck it, they gave Man. me a seat, I'm buying the game. <laughs> That's prime real estate. <laughs> I feel like I need to pay them for this chair. <laughs> Guys, we should arrange a Nessen uh, day, as you said, and we should uh, stand up the whole day and uh, uh, cook sausages <laughs> and have <laughs> have beer and play games in Borgay Marina. Sounds just like a barbecue in my house. <laughs> it sounds like a typical Saturday for me. Yeah. yeah, we need to play games with people that we don't know. That's so true. just remember, if you can't go to Essen, just have a barbecue. <laughs> Just get some sausage, <laughs> get some beer, you sort it. Uh, same thing. Oh my goodness. All right. 
Well, speaking of beautiful games like Calico, uh, Dima and I recently picked up a gorgeous game from our one of our local game stores over here called Tang Garden. I had my eye on this game when I was in Kickstarter, but uh, because I knew I would be moving from Qatar at the time that it would be um, fulfilling, I didn't know like where my address would be or what would happen, so I didn't back it. So we called ahead, and they said they had a, one copy left, and we're like, all right, book it, we're on our way, and we head over and we pick up Tang Garden. This is a game designed by Francesco Testini and Pierluca Zizi. It's published by Thundergriff Games in 2020, and it has incredible art by Matthew Mizek. I just want to tell you a little bit about the game, and Dima is going to jump in with her thoughts as well. So the main game is that you are engineers building the imperial garden of the majestic Clear Lake during the Tang Dynasty in China. So the emperor wants to build a gorgeous, beautiful garden, and he's hired you engineers to do that. It's a two-to-four-player game, and basically every turn, you just have to make one or two. You have, to, you have to decide what your main action is going to be. You do one. You have two options, and you do one. So very simple. You can either build the garden by placing tiles, trees, rocks, and water. And you're going to place these tiles from four stacks, which have an open tile at the top and closed tiles underneath the stack. Um, so you're going to be picking one of them and you're going to be placing them. And as you place them, you're going to increase your, uh, you have a player board that measures your water, your rock and your green, like knowledge, basically greenery knowledge. And that basically goes up as you expand the different areas. And then the other major thing you can do instead of adding tiles is you can add decorations to the garden, such as bridges, pavilions, fish, birds, lotus flowers, six different types of trees. And the game literally comes with like, plastic and cardboard standees for each of these. So you literally have 3D pavilions that you can put people in, 3D bridges. You have all these different trees. So the trees are all different colors and they're little cardboard stand-ups. It's just incredible. And then other than that, after you do your main action, which is one of those two, you can you can do some optional actions. The most important one of which, I'm not going to go into the other ones, the most important one of which is influencing characters. So at the start of the game, you get characters from a deck of cards. These characters give you a special ability. Now, when you reach a certain point on your track that's counting your water, your uh, greenery knowledge, and your, your, your uh, stone knowledge, when you get to a certain point, you're able to influence other characters. You can influence these characters, and then they come join you. Now, when they join you, now you have two characters. So you have to decide which one you're keeping, and which one you're going to be placing on the board. The one that you keep is going to continue to give you that ability or give you a new ability if you choose to keep the new one. And the one that you don't keep, you no longer have that ability, but that person has something that they're looking for in the garden. So you have different characters, the emperor, his concubine, the empress, the architect, the sword dancer. So the sword dancer she gives you an ability when you're playing. Every time you pick up a landscape token, you get some coins. However, when you place the sword dancer down, you no longer have that ability. But at the end of the game, as the sword dancer stares into the horizon, every waterfall she can see in the horizon will give you points. Uh, the emperor likes to stare out and see dragons. So if you have dragons in his horizon view, you'll get a bunch of points, and so on. So it's, it's this interesting thing where you're changing your ability over time and placing out different things, 
characters that are going to score for you. The characters are beautiful, wonderful things, and a lot of them are similar, but there's enough variation in there. Before I get into my thoughts on the game, um, I'm going to give you a break from my voice. And Dima, why don't you tell us what you thought about Tang Garden? So my thoughts, first, first thing is the art is so, so beautiful. The pieces are great. Like the 3D trees, pavilions, and bridges are, they're, they're such good quality. Like the cardboard is thick and then there's a, the, the plastic like roof of the pavilion on top. The trees are my favorite part because each tree is a different color and it's a 3D tree. And this isn't even a Kickstarter. Like this is just, the base game. Yeah, we don't have the Kickstarter edition. We I, have the yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't think we've ever owned a game like a, the base version of a game that was this nice. Like the quality of the pieces were were yeah. I'm with you. Quality. Sorry, what's what's more in the Kickstarter? I I don't know. I think uh, I think you upgrade some of the pieces to be nicer. I didn't check it to tell you the truth. So some of the pieces are still tokens, like the flowers that you place. They're still just regular flat round tokens. Um, so that's the art. I was really surprised by how much strategy was in this game because it was so beautiful. So um, I, uh, yeah, I just wasn't expecting to enjoy the game so much. Um, I love that there are so many different ways to score points. So you can decorate the the garden. You can plant trees, build pavilions, bridges. And, and when you do that, um, you keep the card version of the piece you play. So if you plant a tree, if you plant a pine tree, for example, you keep that card next to you to show that you've planted that pine tree. And then for the trees, for example, for every other type of tree you plant, it'll increase your score. So one tree is one point, two different trees is four points, nine, 16, up to 25 points. So like decorating, um, you're incentivized to, to have specific uh, combinations of decorations. And then when you influence characters, it's, it's really nice to have the end game goal that you're working towards. So if I if I pick a character who wants a horizon of animals, I'll I'll work towards that. But at the same time, if um if I have a turn where I'm supposed to build the horizon, that's the only option I have on this turn, and I don't have a goal to build towards, I can check what Elias's goal is and make sure that I I don't build towards his goal. So if he needs to see um I don't know, a waterfall on his view and I'm taking a waterfall horizon view, I'll put it on the opposite side of where his character is looking, for example. So you, you don't ever feel like your turn is a waste. That's how I felt because you can work towards something you have or you can work towards um, screwing someone else's plan over, which I, I really enjoy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, your actions are very dependent on each other. Um, so I, I, that's how I felt at least. So when, um, when, so if Elias decorated, then all the floor tiles are restocked. So when I have four options of floor tiles, so water, 
um, forest, etc. I'll place tiles. I'll build the garden. Um, if there are only two tile options revealed on my turn, then I'll decorate. So it's really, I do feel like the other person's turn does influence your turn. You really can't plan ahead. And it's very important to keep up with what the other player is doing. Like, I don't think I've ever focused this much on other play players' turns in a game. Um, so those are the pros for me. Yeah, at one point, she had to go to the bathroom and I was like, should I play my turn? And she's like, no, think about your turn, but uh, <laughs> do not act until I arrive. And so I just sat there and waited. <laughs> because sometimes, like, like for example, Elias knew I was working on pavilions. So on his turn, he made sure not to add tiles on the board in the garden that allowed for more pavilions to be built, you know, which, which might have sabotaged a plan that he was working on but it, it like you know risk versus benefit so it's it was really fun um the cons in the game so one of the things that i found difficult that we both found difficult was um the icons so some of the icons are really small and there's a little drawing inside the circle and that black and white drawing yeah and that's what you're supposed to identify like in the horizon, which was difficult. We'd always have to get up and check exactly what the icon was. Um, so that was, yeah, that could be improved. Um, and then one other thing, I think there are 11 characters. How many are there? Uh, a bunch. <laughs> yeah, so I think there are 11 or 12 characters. But in every game, so we, we sometimes influence up to four characters each. Yeah. So one thing maybe for future expansions is to have more um, abilities for each character. So, so like, so they do. So they do? yeah. So there's a couple oh, expansions, Ghost Stories and the Golden Age, and they all come with extra characters. There's also individual characters you can buy in packs. There's the Herbalist, there's the Wayfarer, and so on. Awesome. So there is expandability uh, that's there for this game. Um, because I also had the exact same thought and that mm -hmm. I would like to see more of the different characters that you can influence. So mm -hmm. I looked it up and that seems to be the case. So, so that's my view on the may game. I, yeah. May, may I say that all this time that you were talking, I was looking at pictures in uh, BTG <laughs> of the game. Yeah. And the game, is, it, I think it's the second time in my life that I want to play a game just because of the... Uh, components and the and the art literally yeah. that's why i bought it i knew nothing about the game when i bought it i mean it's it's amazing mm. i just realized the name of the uh, uh art designer is matthew misak yeah. mm -hmm. a, Pol a polish guy and uh i was waiting for you to ask me what was the first time you didn't <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say <laughs> the, the, so the first time was the uh when i saw the u-boat that i have never oh, played because yeah, it had the huge 3d boat Remember mm -hmm. that? Yeah. 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 That was amazing. Words cannot yeah. describe how beautiful this game is. Let me jump in. <laughs> and let me jump in with the cons because Dima literally hit it on the head with the, the only two things I had a problem with in the game. One, it's clearly putting beauty over functionality. So sometimes it's impossible to see what icons are. Like I needed to wear my reading glasses to play effectively. And still, <laughs> in the last game we played, it caused me to miss one of the icons on one of the available um, uh, vistas, views, 
which was on a panorama, sorry, which was the only one in the game that Duma needed. And I had my eye out for it, but I couldn't see it because it was a few feet away from me. And it caused Duma to get an extra six points. And I lost the game by five. Now, I should have paid more attention. I should have played better. I'm not saying I would have won. Duma would have adapted. But what I'm trying to say is that missing one icon that happens to be like on the table literally cost me six points in a game I lost by five. So there's something like that. So you have to be very wary of these icons, especially if your vision isn't like 2020. Um, it's not easy. And the other thing is exactly what Dima said. I feel like more variety in the characters would be amazing and more variety in decorations because whilst there's a big deck of, of, of decorations card, there's a lot of repetition and there's only so many things you can do. But they seem to be doing all of this. They have expansions for other trees you can add. They have ghost stories in Golden Age. They have characters like the herbalist. They have the swan, which is a decoration. So it looks like they have a lot of stuff in the thing. So this is not a criticism... I really can put on the game because they've already corrected it. So good on you, Thundergriff Games. So I guess that's my only issue is, I mean, if you're over 18 years old and your vision isn't perfect, it's <laughs> not easy to see those little icons. But it's fucking gorgeous, which makes me to my overwhelmingly positive views on this game. Not only is it beautiful, it is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Um, this is an AK game through and through. Oh yeah, our friend AK literally just buys games because they're beautiful. And I literally, it was so beautiful, I just assumed AK had it. Because that's the kind of game I would have. Uh, Maybe we should establish a, an AK rating. Yes. Right? This is a 3 AK game. We, we rate, rate a game on a rating of AK to Ipo. AK being beautiful games, Ipo being could be a piece of no, cardboard yeah. with some pencil marks on it. Ipo being no neoprene mats. <laughs> so on this game, this is a solid AK game, as opposed to something like, um, uh, I don't know. Give me. Yeah, don't say anything. <laughs> Please don't say anything. <laughs> uh, something that looks like a spreadsheet, right? Which would be the Greek a, Civil War. Yes. The, what's that? Uh, pa Anantaris. Pax, Pax Porfiriana, the first. No, Pax Porfiriana uh, is somewhere in the middle. It's like a. It's like a it's like a halfway point between Ipo. Pax for is is like no. a word uh, no. no. file of nine of nineties. Okay. Lower than middle. If Ipo is a if Ipo is a one and AK is a ten, it's a three. How about yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, fair. It's a buyer. It's a buyer. No, Byron's an eight. Hey. Byron's an eight. Ah, you're right. You're I'm right, I'm right. like a four. A so that's fair. Anyway, we've lost everyone. So the point is <laughs> it's incredibly gorgeous. On the AK rating scale, it's an AK. An AK out of AK. Okay? Um, true, true. The other thing that really stood out to me, and I think Dima will attest to this, we didn't want the game to end because we yeah! just wanted to keep building the garden. Yeah, so <laughs> Like at some point, we had a chance to end the game because the game ends when a certain number of panorama tokens are left or when you deplete a tile. And Dima was like, I don't think I'm going to take that panorama token. <laughs> Because we just wanted the game to keep going because there was so many empty spaces and we wanted to fill it up with gorgeous pagodas and bridges. So that's an amazing thing for a game to have. The next thing is the strategy seems to reveal itself over repeated plays. Yeah. So on our first play, I really felt the game was fun, but I didn't feel much strategy. I was just doing things and going. As we played the game more, 
more and more the strategy revealed itself, which leads me to my next point that I really enjoy. You can think and act several steps ahead, almost in a chess-like manner. So you think, okay, I can give Dima certain options that are more attractive than other options. When you're picking decorations, you take two decoration cards, plus as many as there are face-down stacks on the board. So if you put the that her in a position where there's no face down stacks on the board, she's not going to take a decoration because there's only two cards you can draw. It's an inefficient action. So you can plan several steps that I had at the beginning of one of the games we played, I wasn't getting decoration actions because Dima kept doing it and then resetting the, the stacks. And I was like, I need to figure this out. So I took an inefficient action. So about 20% through the game and then basically locked Dima out of decorations for the rest of the game because it was an inefficient action. But I chose to do one of those to lock her out of the game. So there's a very interesting thing you can do there. He's also thinking about, oh, as Dima said, oh, we're tied on pavilions at the moment. If I, there's no spaces for pavilions on the board, if I put that tile, it will give a pavilion option. So if Dima draws a pavilion decoration card and chooses that card, she could pass me. And then that could be a six-point swing. So you actually do have to think ahead, which is astonishing for a game that could literally sell thousands and thousands of copies just based on how it looks. Yeah. So well done on that. And for such a short game, like it's not it's not a very long game. Yeah, it's about an hour. But I really felt like every move I made, I had to think through how would it impact me and how it would impact Elliot. Yeah. Because if you give away a free opportunity to someone it might really impact you in the score and the next thing uh dima already touched on this i don't want to talk too much is i did feel like there was a variety of strategies which would be helped more if i collect all these other characters and stuff which i think i should um but like deciding whether you're going to be focusing on pushing the cubes up the three tracks which will help you to get more influenced characters as opposed to collecting coins or set collections in the decorations to get endgame scoring. So you got to balance all of these, but you will focus on one versus the other. So in the last game we played, Dima focused a lot on getting characters out, uh, influence, and I focused a lot on set collection, and it was a close game. So there's that. And the last point I want to make, which is something we really should consider with every game. Um, this is an excellent value for money, in my opinion. I paid 67 Canadian dollars, which with ta including tax, uh, which is 13% in Ontario. And but if you include the tax, that's 50 US dollars. For a game that looks this good, has this many gorgeous components, and has gameplay and replayability to boot, I think this game is an excellent value, and I think it's underpriced. Based on what things are going for in Kickstarter, I think you're getting a lot of value for this game. They could easily have charged $80 to $100, and I don't think that would have impacted their sales too much. So I, I, I hats off to Thundergriff Games. Obviously, hats off to the designers and hats off to the artists, but the, the strategic decision of placing this game at $50 really impressed me. Yeah, me too. And to end the, what I'm basically going to be talking about, this is a game that stays in the collection for, for now and for the foreseeable future. And it's not a game I came into with high expectations. I just thought it was beautiful. And it really impressed me. And I think I can highly recommend Tang Garden 
to everybody, to people that are starting out. It's simple enough. And people that like deeper strategy, I think, will see those four or five steps ahead that they can plan out in order to have a more efficient game. Yeah, I totally agree. Tang Garden. So, speaking about uh, beautiful games with 3D components, I was playing Santorini. Santorini was designed by Gord, exclamation mark. I don't know, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I think you say, Gord! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's his name in BGG. I don't know exactly. <laughs> and the beautiful art is by a couple living in Quebec, kudos to Canadians, uh, Lina Cosette and David Forrest, Mr. and Mrs. Caddington. So guys, Santorini is a very simple concept, okay? It's a six by six grid. Uh, each player has two meeples. It's a, a one to four player game. Uh, uh, sorry, two to four player game. So uh, there are either two teams playing against each other or two players playing against each other. And if you play three players, it's uh, one uh, on its own. And you have two meeples, as I said, and you move one space, one of the meeples, and then you build next to your uh, meeple. You build a level of a building. You can build up to three levels. And every time you move, you can climb one level. If you achieve to climb on the third level, you win the game. And that's that's all that matters in this game. And for those that actually um, care to do their research, it's not actually meeples. You're using miniatures. <laughs> and for those who do the oh, extra research, right. it's not actually miniatures. It's little fig figures of gods. No, you're not gods. Oh. No. Yeah, yeah, the the gods are cards. You, you are humans. That are being influenced oh, by those right. gods. To get so everything I said. Shut the fuck up, Byron. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. You try to put me. You try to put me in my place. <laughs> this, is, this, is how, this is how I psych Elias out before game show. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? I like, like, I like to pull Elias up so that I, I can take like him down. <laughs> <laughs> and for those you, you, that care, the board is not just a board. It, it's a it's an island, Where, uh, actually, like Santorini. Yes, yeah, it's like, yeah, Santorini is like a rock, yeah. And on top of the rock, there's a, the Ipo, board. I have a very important question to ask you. Um, actually, it's a two-part question. Part one, how does Santorini compare to Mykonos? And two, <laughs> um, while playing this game, do people randomly break out into verses of ABBA songs? What? Mamma Mia was filmed in Santorini, wasn't it? <laughs> I, no. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mamma mia. Yeah. Mama, yeah, no. Mamma mia. Broken hearted. Yeah, I remember specifically <laughs> them singing on those like. It's in it's in Santorini. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Mamma mia is in uh, Skopelos. Hold on. It's in Skopelos in another Aegean island. You're right. Uh, it's also the, white and it's blue. It's in Skopelos. You're right. Mm, uh, oh. just Wh shut which me is down. A, which is a, a green island. <laughs> uh, Especially compared to Santorini, that it's just a rock without uh, trees or anything. Speaking of that, um, Byron texted me the other day about a week ago, and he says, I bet I can get a song stuck in your head. And I was like, okay. So he sends me lyrics, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> and, then, remember and then he goes, that's an ABBA song. And I was like, oh, okay. Then he, oh, then he goes, no. I'm so white sometimes. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I'm unashamed. 
Oh. And I just watched Mamma Mia too, by the way. Oh God! But uh, uh, replying to your, your second, to your first actually question, the difference between Mykonos and Santorini is that I have not been in Santorini, but I have been in Mykonos. <gasps> no. so, <laughs> Mykonos. So, so, <laughs> Mykonos is more for party animals, while Santorini like is for just like party you. animals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you saw those photos of Ipa when you had hair, you you'd know. <laughs> That's how he lost his <laughs> to, hair from partying too hard. To, to be honest, I, when I visited Mykonos, I had hair. <laughs> and then you lost all your hair. Don't <laughs> do drugs, so long kids. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bad trip. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, let me say this. The, the game, the, the good things about this game. Okay, I love the, the 3D components, the craft. I love the buildings. I love the... Uh, the art that was made by this couple that have also made Brass Birmingham and Brass Lancashire. And Charterstone, I think. And Charterstone, thank you very much. And I don't know if it's Lancashire or Lancashire. Lancashire. Oh, thanks. The, I like it that you can play it as a family game. I have played it with my kids. I, actually, I have played it as two, three, and four player account. And I like playing it with my kids, but I can also play it with adults which is, I think, rare for a game. Uh, we can play it with adults as a medium light, of course, abstract game. Uh, it's nice that there is this uh, uh, two to four count where you can play team uh, against team. Uh, it's uh, a thing that I always appreciate in a game. But this is also a negative point because, to be honest, the four-player game doesn't really work. Uh, or you can... Uh, imagine this like playing chess two versus two. Mm -hmm. So two players that just need to come up with a strategy and unless you can it. read oh. each other's minds, so that you understand what your <laughs> what your teammate's or, strategy is. Or unless you dis which is weird, of course. Or unless you decide not to discuss the strategy with your partner, which is even more weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Uh, the the next thing I like very much is the endless replayability of the game because each player has uh, these uh, god cards with uh, special powers and the combination is uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say endless but it's 40 Close it's two. 40 different cards yeah. it's, so it's 40 times 40 yeah. <laughs> different combinations yeah, 40 times that you 39 Ippo um, yes. Have you played with the Golden Fleece expansion? No. So the Golden Fleece, there's a couple expansions I have for Santorini, which would even increase that number. So one... Even more special powers. Right? No, no, no. No, no, no. What? So one what? is there's a hero deck, right? So the Epic Heroes deck, instead of a god power, you get a hero who does something super powerful, but you can only do it once during the game. So when you choose to use your ability, matters a lot. Lastly, the, the other one I'm talking about is the Golden Fleece power. You, you literally put a Golden Fleece statue on the board, and you only have that power if you start your turn adjacent to the Golden Fleece statue. So oh. throw these in there, and you literally have endless possibilities. So you're not wrong about that. That was amazing. Uh, and the last thing for me is that uh, f uh, I don't really like two-player games, uh, one versus one. Uh, and 
I guess one of the things that I don't like in these games is that it it, um, it really uh, helps analysis paralysis. I mean, if one of the players uh, wants to really think uh, a lot of, about it, he can, you know, use the entire day. That's true. Uh, just to let you know that there is an expansion that I have no idea, uh, but I, I like the title. So the name is Santorini, New York. Oh, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> Which was so funny. I mean, Santorini, New York. Oh, my uh, God. For me, for me, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear Santorini, oh, New York so is... Oh, it's so cool, Ivo. It's a Greek restaurant in New York, right? <laughs> so, so I Googled it, and there's really a Greek restaurant in New York named Santorini. <laughs> so... So you can go to that Greek restaurant and play Santorini, New York in Santorini, New York. Guys, this is why you come to this podcast. For facts <laughs> like these that blow <laughs> your mind. You, you these can't kind of find facts. anywhere else. <laughs> I kind of want to get this. <laughs> yeah, and you, go you play kind of sold it to me, Epo. It looks so good. And, and go play it to Santorini, New York next to Zadziki. <laughs> the board doesn't look as nice, though. It's the island of New York. <laughs> yeah, but it's not and like the, a raised island. Of Manhattan. Um, and, no, I guess it is And isn't. you're building skyscrapers, right? You are building skyscrapers, but he's right. It's not on a 3D board, which naturally means it's a terrible game. Good, good find, Byron. <laughs> okay, That's what I'm here for. I, I'm wondering what gods they have. Oh, no, it's not gods. It's positions. Firefighter. Maybe. Crane operator. Oh, operator. Yeah. Oh, it could have been presidents. <laughs> uh, or rich members of the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, even better. Rothschild, like Rockefeller. Rockefeller. All that start with oh. R. Trump. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I've never seen that. Thank you. Um, and that was my review of Santorini. I agree with most of what you said. I think it's not very good at four. I think it's worse at three. Um, I hate it at three. Um, I think it's phenomenal at two. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And figuring out how the powers play off of each other is incredible. And I'm really glad I backed it on Kickstarter because I got all the stuff with it. And it's just, um, it's really nice and tactile feeling as well. Like, I don't know if you know this, but before Santorini looked like this, Santorini was literally an abstract game. With like, you played with stones and then you would cap it off with a thing. And he used to, as a teacher, the designer used to use it to teach his kids stuff, right? His, his students. So um, changing the theme, adding the powers, you'd think, oh, adding the powers would widely, wildly imbalance uh, an abstract game. But that's not really the point. It's a game you can play in 10 minutes. And the way the powers bounce off of each other is the best thing about the game. So you could literally play it without the powers if you're, you have a stick up your ass, but like if, <laughs> <laughs> but if you don't play with the powers, it's a lot more fun. So I also agree. Centurion is a great game. And that's the one that's not leaving my collection either. Also very beautiful game. So, um, I, I'm with you on it. Yeah. I love that two players. Oh, that was helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not Greek, so I don't. I don't have that rich heritage behind my game. So, so after that wonderful <laughs> insight on the game, <laughs> it's time for the gay show of the week, baby! Oh, Woo yeah, yeah, finally! 
guys, you have to cheer more for your peeps, the people you're the people you represent. That was my that was my lion call because it's jaws of the lion. I can't do a lion call. Ah. Baron, Baron, not a lion sound in South Africa. Uh, dangerous. They sound very dangerous. We don't have lions in Ghana, so. Oh well, you're lucky. Um, if you're having a brain freeze, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 seconds and I can't spare one. I got 99 seconds and I can't spare one. Everyone, welcome to this week's game show. I got 99 seconds. All right, guys. Before Dima continues... As you all know, as I've said multiple times, we've had a worldwide giveaway for Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, and it's been running over all our platforms. And yesterday I sat and I did the drawing for the games. The first person whose name was drawn to be represented by Ipo the Greek. From their Twitter entry, Vijaya Raj 613. Yes! Namaste! <laughs> the next drawing coming in from Cape Town, South Africa, represented by another South African and the winner of the last giveaway, Byron Byreezy the Breezy Sharknado. We have Sadai from Instagram. Woo-hoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can Byron do it again? Can Byron win no, another no, no. Look, we giveaway are, we, we all know Elias for another is the South African? You Elias won, is the greatest Yeah, but you won root so, for, for a board game. You know, I, really, I just take this all as a positive. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, the last name that was pulled out from Canada represented by a Canadian kind of resident at this time <laughs> from Twitter, represented by yours truly, Sean Holmstrom. In the north corner of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Shivering in the north corner. <laughs> so the youth three have been picked. Sean Holmstrom, Sadai, and Vijaya Raj 613. I will be presenting Sean, Byron representing Sadai, and Hippocratis will be representing Vijaya. I love that we're, that we're representing different continents. That's what we do here. That's what we do. So, <laughs> I'm done talking. I'm going to hand this over to Dima. Now, if you're listening, just root for us. We need that energy. We need that energy. Any cheers, what, what? it can change time. It can change what happens. So, you know, give us that energy and we'll get this done for you. History isn't written yet. <laughs> I can't imagine just the whole Asian continent cheering for me. (laughs) (laughs) You've been doing so well with all the greetings, though. (laughs) True. Thank you. Okay, so the game rules for this week. You will each be given 99 seconds to answer as many questions as you can. I won't move on to the next question until you either give an answer or say pass. I will not let you know if your answers were correct or wrong until the time is up. I've prepared 18 questions for each of you. If you get through all the questions, 
I'll re-ask the ones that you said pass on until the 99 seconds are up. All good? Any questions? Straightforward. Ready. Okay. Okay. Byron, you're up first. Oh, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) You have a timer? Yeah. Just turning on I was not expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) You usually get asked for your opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I normally come second. What is this? (laughs) Going first? What? I'm happy to, to take another first volunteer if you guys want. No, Byron, do it. Byron, you can do I'm this, a... though. You can do this. I believe in you. I mean, I'm not as good as Elias, but, you know. <laughs> no one is. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to build this confidence so that I can knock it down. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Go. Name the publisher of Pandemic. Z-Man Games. Name the designer of Scythe. Uh, Jamie Stegmaier. Name a game with clothes as the theme. Ritter Porter. Name a game designed by Eric Lang. Uh, Blood Rage. Name a game published by Portal Games. Pass. Name a game with a rodent. Cockroach Poker. Name a game ranked between 10 and 20 on BGG. <laughs> uh, through the Ages, a new story of civilization. Name the publisher of Viticulture. Uh, that would be Stone My Games. Name the designer of Seven Wonders. Bruno Cathala. Name no. what year was Pandemic released? 2015. What is the maximum player count of Lords of Waterdeep? Six. Name a game designed by Seffenfeld. Bonfire. Name a game published by Rio Grande Games. Uh, Pause. Name a game with dwarves. That's Elias's favorite game. But Lord of the Rings. Name a game that has a BGG weight over 3.5. Terra Mystica. Okay. Nine points for Byron. Well done. That was great. Good job. Well done. Yeah. It's hard under pressure. I believe it. It is. Yeah. Okay. you, You did great. Okay, Ipo. You ready? Yes. You're up next. Three, two, one. Name the publisher of Terraforming Mars. Pass. Name one designer of Brass Birmingham. uh, Martin Wallace. Name a murder mystery game. Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Name a game designed by Cole Worley. Uh, Root. Name a game published by Fantasy Flight Games. Twilight Imperium. Name a game with fish. Go fish. Name a game ranked between 20 and 50 on BGG. Uh, Yokohama. Name the publisher of Codenames. Uh, Czech Games. Name the designer of Fields of Arl. Uh, oh. uh. 
Gosh. What year was Through the Ages a Story of Civilization released? 2007. What is the maximum Sorry, what is the maximum player count of Keyflower? 6. Name a game designed by Uwe Rosenberg. Caverna. Name a game published by Splatter Games. Food Chain Magnet. Name a game with pirates. Uh, pir uh, uh, Maracaibo. Name a game that has a BGG weight between 2 and 3. Uh, Wingspan. Uwe Rosenberg That's was it. The, yeah. <laughs> Was a field of okay, um, Maracaibo is a good catch. Yeah, by the way. well done. Well done. Very okay, good. let me just calculate Ipo's score. He, I think he beat me. You said 2007 for Through the Ages: A Story of Civilization. It's 2006. You were so close. Okay. Ooh. Okay, just give it to me. Ipo, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. 11 points so far well in done. the lead. <laughs> Thank you. You guys enjoying yourself so far? Yeah, uh, it's very amazing stressful. questions. Okay, great. Let's do this. Okay, Elias, is all you on ready? Elias now, though. Really? So, no I would like to video record this because uh, I just want to transfer the situation to our listeners. Uh, Elias closed his eyes in order to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, to trying, to, I'm trying to feel the answer. <laughs> Yeah, and, and win for America. He turned Canada. his cap backwards. He took his glasses off. He's, he's serious. We said we're representing the, the continent. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, even Uruguay. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Name the publisher of Small World. Days of Wonder. Name the designer of Five Tribes. Bruno Cathala. Name a steampunk-themed game. Mission Red Planet. Name a game designed by Corey Konitska. Eldritch Horror. Name a game published by Stronghold Games. Another game. Um, you threw me off. Um, uh, La Granja. Name a game with a fox. Fox in the Forest. Name a game ranked between 50 and 100 on BGG. Uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Name a publisher of Bublet. Name a publisher of Blood Rage. Uh, cool Mini or Not. Name a designer of Imperial Settlers. Uh, Portal Games. Designer. Uh, Ignacy Cevicek. In what year was Agricola released? Oof, uh, 2010. What is the maximum player count of Decrypto? Six. Name a game designed by Reiner Kenizia. Uh, Tigris and Euphrates. Name a game published by Czech Games. Through the Ages. Name a game with Thieves. Uh, Stop Thief. Name a game that has a BGG weight between one and two. Uh, Baron Munchausen, Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. What year was Terra Mystica released? 2012. What game won Spiel des Jahres 2019? Uh, 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 just one. What is the maximum player count of Deception Murder in Hong Kong? 12. I'm out of questions. You want me to re-ask you the ones you got wrong? Yeah, you asked me the ones I got wrong. In what? Uh, okay. Uh, what is the maximum player count of Decrypto? Eight. And the winner of this week's Game Show of the Week is Elias with 17 points. I'd Ipo like to... as a runner-up with 11 points and Byron in third with nine points. Thank you, everyone. I, I would like to congratulate Sean Holmstrom 
Congratulations, my man. You just won Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. But let's face it, you won it when you drew me as your contestant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Um, I'll be in touch soon to get your address so that we can send the game out to you. And congratulations. We hope you enjoy it. And um, well done. Congrats. Everyone give a round of applause to Sean Holmstrom for winning the award. Yeah. All right. And apologies to my friend. Uh, what is what was his name? Vijaya Raj six one three. And uh, Bar- Sorry, Vijaya. Byron tried to win for Sadai, but he came in yesterday. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no oh. complaints. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys, you guys should be happy. For the people who won, you're not supposed to be sitting oh, there. Yeah, I'm, happy. I'm so happy for them. Not Congrats to all the participants. <laughs> Thank you for joining and listening in. And congrats to Sean Holmstrom. Sean Holmstrong. <laughs> to all our listeners, this was our final episode. Thank you. <laughs> and that was Game Show of the Week. I got 99 seconds. Thank you very much, Dima. That was wonderfully done. Um, do you guys hear anything? Do you guys hear something? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I hear something from a Santorini restaurant <laughs> in New York. In New York, wow. It's traveling a long distance. Do you know? It's time for the Hippocratic Corner! Woohoo! Yay! Yeah. Guys, welcome to the Hippocratic Corner. Every time. For this week, we have a top three. Yeah, it's this time. Surprise! Surprise, it's top three. Where our fellow podcasters, my fellow podcasters, should tell me what would be their top three of the games in this hypothetical situation where you're traveling to a country where board games are banned for some reason. And for those of you that understood hypothetical. (laughs) Yeah, hypothetical. It's good. It's good. It was like like a pun on hypothetical. He said, no, hypothetical. (laughs) (laughs) So I want you to tell me your top three games to sneak in the country and give it Give them to your friends there. Remember, this is a a strange country. Yeah. Byron, would you like to go first? I would, Ipo. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Is it because he raised his hand? (laughs) (laughs) I was just just guessing. It's a thing I have that I can read other people's minds. I'm going to call uh, dibs either on last or next because I feel mine's not serious. So, <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> terrible too, so. so it shouldn't be taken seriously. <laughs> okay, you go next because I want to go last. <laughs> so, okay, Byron. Yeah. In true fashion, I put very minimal thought into this. <laughs> I have with every top three. That's what our listeners pay and, all that money for, and it's, it's really what, what it's what the listeners deserve. So I'm giving them exactly what they want. In my number three slot. It was a toss-up between Codenames or Spyfall. 
because I figure if you're sneaking games into a country, you got, you gotta you gotta be able to speak in code, man. Mm. You gotta oh, be able to good one! With each other. I like decrypto. that. You should have gone decrypto. Oh, that's good. Nice. <laughs> I haven't played decrypto, so that's why okay. I didn't include it. Okay, but you gotta know those code words. It's good. Love it. In, love it. In my number two, along the same sort of lines, is taboo because you also uh, gotta know what words not to say. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that makes a big difference if the government catches you with it you gotta know what not yeah, to say yeah you don't say it's a board game you say it's a cardboard exploration of it, it's a step by step guide <laughs> prophylaxis <laughs> it's a prophylaxis <laughs> oh you're using fancy Greek words now <laughs> also known as an epilaxis <laughs> And then in my number one slot, because if you if you're sneaking stuff into a country, it generally means you're a terrorist. So therefore, your game that you deserve is Dear Leader. Oh my god! Oh, that's pretty good. Because then you can say all those terrible things about your leader and hopefully get killed because you're a terrorist. That's what happens. Well, that happened. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't criticize anything Barnes said. Because I followed along very similar lines from my <laughs> So Dear Lydra might might actually help the people there to to survive, I guess. So for mine, the main thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure that they always remember the huge risk that I put myself through for their <laughs> enjoyment. Forever and ever and ever. I'd like them to remember what I did for them. <laughs> So, so number three is, is Risk Legacy. <laughs> so, number three is Cornish Smuggler, which is a game oh. about smugglers in the 18th century in Cornwall selling goods for gold, employing a network of local characters, secret knowledge, hidden locations, bribes, dirty tricks, and a healthy dose of cunning to evade the attentions of the customs officers and the other players. So every time they played, they'd be like, speaking of smuggling, do you remember... My friend Elias, <laughs> who smuggled this game in for us for our happiness. Also, I don't want it in my collection, so I'm happy to give it to them. So, <laughs> the next game on my list, Smugglers, <laughs> which, is a, which is a game about hiding contraband pieces in balls of Play-Doh and squeezing them through a fence. <laughs> so it's a, it's a board game you can get. And there's little things, cubes and stuff that you have to smuggle and you put them and you shape the ball of Play-Doh and then you try to slide that through a fence. So every time they play it, they'll be like, this reminds me of when my friend Elias smuggled in these board games in a giant <laughs> ball of Play-Doh. Except he didn't have a fence, so he had to put them somewhere else. Well, that's what they call the customs agency at that country, the fence. That's the nickname on the DL. <laughs> and my number one. Elliot. Uh, Wait, Elias, I want to say you, you cannot make up games. I did it. It's a real game. <laughs> Look up BGG. <laughs> I mean, actually, I kind of want to get smugglers after that. But, yeah. And my number one, Sheriff of Nottingham, which is a game uh, oh. about sneaking contraband in a velvet pouch and bribing the sheriff. And I just want them to remember <laughs> every time they see it what I went through and who I had to bribe to get this game into them. 
It's also a game I actually recommend. Of all the, of the three on the list, I do <laughs> recommend <laughs> Nottingham because literally, and this is the entire reason, because of the snapping of that little button on the pouches, because you could bribe the sheriff, you could take your bribe, and he could just go, snap! <laughs> and once that's open, mm-hmm. it's open, and you're fucked. So, hats off to uh, my number one game, Sheriff of Nottingham. So they always remember what I put myself through for their enjoyment. Those are my top three. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank, thank you very much, Elias. Yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> Or an egotist such as yourself. (laughs) Lima, please go ahead with your top three. Okay, so um, I took a a different (laughs) approach. Um, Okay, so my number three is cockroach poker because I figured they would be able to lie and be deceitful and have fun, like with no consequences, you know? Because they're probably living in a place where they need to get it, like out of their heads a little. It must be a super boring place and restrictive since no board games are allowed. Um, my number two is I wanted to bring a little bit of magic into their lives. <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, just uh, ideas for entertainment. So I put Tricarian. Like a magic-themed game might inspire them to do things differently, um, like different forms of <laughs> entertainment other than board games. I just want to say, you know it's not real magic. Right? <laughs> yeah, I like magic tricks, but like, you know, just spice I can, up their I can't follow your thought. <laughs> Me neither. I can't follow your thought, <laughs> but uh, I, I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> In a kind of strange way that... <laughs> I can sort of understand through like a barrier of concrete. <laughs> like, uh, my number one. That's why we have Dima on the on the podcast because she always brings that unique. <laughs> so my number one is is to give them, you know, a sense of uh, hope. You know, dream of life beyond the horizon. <laughs> so my number one is Black Angel. <laughs> what? A game of space and just like <laughs> having them dream of, you know, a life where they're not on Earth in this really crappy country that they're in where they have a lot of restrictions. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> that D- it, Dima, did you use like a board game name generator she, to make she, sense? She, she used the randomizer. The BG. <laughs> it's amazing she picked Black Angel, though, because in a country where you don't have a voice, What's better than a game where an AI makes all the decisions thematically? <laughs> <laughs> Representation of humanity. Let's go. <laughs> Maybe AIs would be better than humans. <laughs> and, uh, we're not getting back into this, Dima. We yeah. depressed our listeners S- enough last time. Yes. We lost S- a bunch S- of S- listeners. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Those are my top three. <laughs> Sounds like the best dystopia uh, there. <laughs> Uh, okay, thank you very much, Dima. Uh, really? Are, are we say- thanking her for this one? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I was lazy with my homework, but yeah. she feels a lot lazier. Yeah, I, I, didn't <laughs> think, I didn't think it could be more cobbled together than Byron's, but turns out it can't. Dima walks downstairs, looks at our shelf and goes, Work Angel, trick here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, which games haven't I had on the list before? <laughs> 
like if I had asked you, if these games were like random games or the Pics of Dima, what would you say before the, the top random game? Like you know, random. you know those games where you get three things or four things and you have to find the common relationship between them. I have no idea. This, the only relationship is that they're owned by Elias. Guys, the common relationship is that they have to get out of their heads. Oh my god! You get it? No. Oh, oh. no. Yeah, nice. Okay, I, I you understand mean, that. You're going to smuggle in let's just, those giant boxes just for the sake of <laughs> them getting out of their head. Thank you, Byron. Oh. Because I was going to say that in my train of thinking, I was thinking the, the, the box should be small of these games, okay? <laughs> yeah, Tricarion is a heavy game. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Black Angel is bigger than Tricarion. Like <laughs> Black Angel is bigger than It's just a sweets that I have... Uh, Brought here from uh, uh, Lebanon, you know, Baklava. Baklava. That's how you pronounce it. Black Angla. <laughs> Black <laughs> It's Greek, so the letters are different. <laughs> so one, one of the criteria was to have a small box. And the second one was that uh, the idea of the game should support their struggle for freedom. Oh my god. That was my idea of picking Oh, I know I know what you got. I know what you I know got. it's I know it's number 1. <laughs> so my my number 3 game is Spyfall. Oh, that's oh, not what I thought okay. was going to happen. Okay. Be- because you need to lie effectively in this society. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Spyfall helps on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number 2 game is The Resistance Avalon. <laughs> because of course, of course the resistance <laughs> is is part of what you're trying to do there and you uh, the game teaches you to pick up your, the right commanders on this fight on this struggle and my number one game can I guess it, yes based please. on your criteria yes it's a Greek civil war Vok. that was uh, yeah I thought about this oh, okay. but uh, but it's not it's Pax Porfiriana oh my god oh. Pax is not about struggle for freedom. It's, it's about, about you taking power from a dictator through it, either martial a, law, anarchy, <laughs> or loyalty. <laughs> it's the opposite. It, it's about learning how to topple your government. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Ipo. You went deep. Ipo, Ipo about to topple a government with Pax Porfiria. <laughs> So, so it's safe to it's say Elias had the best list. I had the second, and then I don't know about Team anymore. <laughs> I don't know if we add Epos criteria of small games. Your list is better than mine. So, let's just say me and you actually did a good job, and the rest of them just put random shit on a list. So, they just <laughs> just <hit> the shelves. <laughs> so, as as we used to do in this uh, Hippocratic corner, we have always a guest designer. That he shares his Always. thoughts. <laughs> Always, yeah. It's, well, it's a very common occurrence. The one time we've like, done it. <laughs> Is it Cousin Jamie again? <laughs> He's just going to give every week. No, yeah. no. Uh, Cousin Jamie's his mafia name. <laughs> this time, our guest designer is Richard Wilkins. Oh. Also known as Ricky Royal. Oh, I love Ricky Royal. Dima. Ricky Royal. He designed Renegade. Oh yeah, he's amazing. Oh, I know him. Yes, <laughs> he designed Renegade, which is uh, has a seven point eight rating in BGG. Phenomenal game. Uh, yeah. 
and it was and it was voted best strategy game of 2018. Uh, was it really? Box of, yes, that's amazing. He has the the Box of Delights YouTube channel, so you can find him there. Uh, speaking and on your connection to Pax Perferiana, the only reason I learned how to play Pax Perferiana is because I watched Ricky Royal's playthrough of the game. Seriously, and Pax Premier, like. <laughs> It just wasn't grokking in my head when I was reading the book. And it's not just that. Mage Knight, which we played very early in my board gaming career, I couldn't understand the rule book. His playthrough saved me. And War of the Ring. All those games, fully credit to Riggy Royal. That's the only reason I figured out how to play the game. So um, he really helped us out. So awesome dude. Also, Ricky Royal designed uh, some expansions for Mage Knight. And Robinson Crusoe, and he uh, uh, also developed the solo rules for Pax Pamir. That's right, the one at Shere Khan. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he sent me an uh, email, uh, Ricky. Since you're, and since he, you're best friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna uh, read you the email. Who says, "Hello, Hippocrates. Can I call you Hippocrates?" Yeah. And I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's his name, but like you, you can call him Ipo the Greek. That's another one we use. Or Mr. Gnostopulus. You can even call him HD No Stop. HD No oh, Stop! Yeah. Shout out to Story Smith. No, my, my username in business is Civil. No one calls you Civil. No one calls, yeah. You're not very civil. No. Uh, I'm a civil engineer. That's <laughs> Very anyway, so for uh, Ricky, th- thank you very much, uh, Ricky. Uh, he says top three to sneak in. He says, uh, okay, I'm assuming small, like underpants small. Is <laughs> <laughs> a prerequisite. He says, okay, I have quite big underpants. So here we go. N- number one, Friday. Oh. It's small. It's a great introduction to solo gaming and to deck building. And it's an icon of modern solo gaming. That's you might even persuade customs people that it's a survival guide, not a game. <laughs> That's the Friedman Freeze one that I gave you, right, Ipo? Exactly, yes. Uh, his, uh, his second game is Greenland. Hmm. Sierra Madre's series of small box games pack a massive punch. They made the writing really, really small to fit in. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> The customs officials will start to read this and they won't be able to tell if it's a rule book or like a medical yeah, journal. Yeah, it's a great idea. Wait, isn't, isn't that the game that Sergio called you from Qatar? Yes. So quick story, not to interrupt uh, Mr. Wilkins, but I was I just moved to Canada at this time. And this is before COVID. So they all met up in Qatar, all my previous game group, you know, Ipo and these guys. And someone had bought a copy of Greenland. And I receive a call <laughs> from Qatar. And I picked it out. I was like, oh, what's going on? I was like, hey. He's like, hey, it's Sergio. I was like, how are you doing, Sergio? He's like, listen, real quick, could you teach us Greenland? <laughs> because, because I teach all the games usually at board game night, or at least 90% of them. So he literally called me. And this is what we call from now on, we refer to as the period of adjustment <laughs> uh, and how to draw your own borders and your <laughs> what not to cross seven degrees of separation exactly a little bit of you know 
We miss you, Elias. <laughs> we, we really do. I'll, I'll see him once a month. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will continue about Greenland. What uh, Ricky says. Card-based, these games deliver on gameplay and are often pretty heavy going. Greenland is my favorite with super artwork of the wildlife you'll find there and the mechanisms reflect strongly the struggle for survival for the people who inhabited these lands through history. Excellent. Okay, so, so it makes sense. Uh, number three, Cosmic Wimpout. I oh. didn't know that game. Wipeout? This Wimpout. The smallest and the classic from 1975. It is literally five dice in a plastic suppository. Okay, <laughs> that last bit is a bit of a push. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the picture. That's a big suppository. <laughs> he has a good well, he sense says it's of a bit humor. of a push. Uh, it's a, it's, I, I would call it a butt plugator. <laughs> uh, but this is a great little push your luck game for gamers and non gamers alike. Whip it out and surprise all your friends with just how lucky they are. It's a hidden gem that can be easily hidden where you hide your gems. <laughs> 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 All right, we got to give up, take off our hats to yeah. Ricky Royal for coming up with the absolute best top three of all five of us. So I well mean, done. The, I, lo I, I love it. Yeah. And his presentation was amazing. I, yeah, mean, well, I loved it. You could feel the character even without the character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> I also, so I don't know if he remembers this, um, just a random thing. In our very first episode, we discussed um, uh, Renegade. And we literally had like no listeners at that point. And he retweeted and shouted us out and said, listen to this podcast, pretty cool. And I've always really appreciated that. So, um, cool. so thank you for that. And of course, if, you, if you're a solo gamer, you know who Ricky Royal is. Right, like that's oh, that's all yeah, I have exactly. To say. If you're yeah, not my cousin Ricky, if you're not a if you're not a solo gamer, it's a really great way to learn how to play games because you get to see things in actions, and he does a great job of explaining them, and it comes in bite size. I actually have his Pax Emancipation playlist sort of saved for the moment because I want to watch that and finally get it to the table. So, thank you so much, Richard. You are the man. You already know it. And uh, that was an amazing top three. <laughs> Although, if you are aware, if you are calling that a suppository, I worry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> uh, and that was so, our top three. That was our um, uh, top three. Thank you, all four of you. Huh. <laughs> 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 and to our listeners... Please let us know your top three games to sneak into that shitty hole of a country that banned <laughs> board games on our Twitter account at TT Sessions QA or over at our BGG Guild. Both these links will be in the episode description. Thank you very much, Hippocrates, for that wonderful Hippocratic Corner. This is what we call professionalism. That brings us to the end of this tabletop <laughs> session. Thank you so much for listening. Congratulations again to Sean Holmstrom, the winner of our Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion Worldwide Giveaway. I'll be in touch as soon as this episode drops to get your details so we can have the game sent to you ASAP. 
please check out our, well, everyone, not just Sean, please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. And you can reach us through Twitter at TC Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. Thank you again to uh, Richard Wilkins, a.k.a. Ricky Royal. Please go check out his YouTube channel, which is Ricky Royal, and uh, let, let him know we sent you there and, and uh, enjoy. I, I know that once you start watching it, you're going to keep watching it. It's fantastic content and great stuff. So go check him out. Thank you again, Richard. That was very kind of you to get back to us. Uh, we'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Table top, top. Table, table top. Table, table top. Table, table top. Session. Okay, everyone. These are the game rules for today. I need to cut. I need to go pee. <laughs> <laughs> that that stays. That stays. <laughs> when Dima said said I, I got to pee, I wanted to say you got ninety nine seconds. <laughs>